This is the one with a Venusian lullaby. Driverless cars. An S&M maypole. Murderous Morris dancers. A chap with wings. And your run-of-the-mill local village satanic society. It's called the Daemons. Here we go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Dalen Hood, and the Cybertronic race. Some Torrens look like taters and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read all night choose, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, and welcome to episode C059 of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Docquast. That's right. Uh, (laughs) I am Ponkin, and I am joined in the Who Back When studio today by none other than Nick Laley. Hello, Nick. How are you doing, Podcast Land? Today we're having a look at The Daemons, which is very different from other Doctor Who serials that we've encountered before. I can only think of one other that we've encountered on Who Back When, in fact, namely the Shakespeare Code, that deals with, quote-unquote, magic. As in magic, the the Uh, science of magic, you know, that you you have practitioners of magic. Something occulty. Yeah. Yeah. And this one more so than Shakespeare Code, certainly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know, it's creepy as fuck. But, you know, <laughs> I will get into that, into the review, right? Yeah, we will. Shall we jump into Bite Size Chunk of Who for those of you out in podcast land who don't know what this is about? Time for us to synopsize, clarify and summarize. So take a view and grab a grip and listen to this overview. This free for all we like to call a Bite Size Chunk of Who. On a day of some celestial significance, curmudgeon Professor Bumbletron IV decides seemingly against the urges of the local witch to crack open some cataclysmic catacomb that has been buried under a hill for ages and unwittingly unleashes dark powers beyond man's control. The Doctor and his less-than-capable companion, Joe, naturally attempt to intervene but find that a different Gallifreyan has come to Devil's End before them. The Master, now in Vicar cosplay, is summoning demons and leading satanic chants in an attempt to gain godlike powers. B-scow over. You are welcome. Aren't you just? So that's what this is about. Uh, and I have approximately... Uh, I don't know. I, I have myriad questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ease me in. Uh, ease you in? Ease I, me. I wanted to jump straight All into right, it. Right, go on. Hit me. Okay. So... Oh, oh crap. Okay, this is a big one. This is a seriously like a crazy fundamental one. So the demon... Mm. Is it demon or daemon, by the way? This isn't the question. I think it's daemon. Daemon. Let's say daemon. The, the daemon, he's actually from... He's from a race of engineer-like people. I mean, thinking of uh, Prometheus and yeah. the new alien or whatever. So a race of engineer-like people, coincidentally called demons or daemons, mm. and who are still, to this day, participating in a scientific experiment to help mankind. This much is explained, right? Mm. So why does he only respond to black masses potions and cheap conjuring tricks unless in this experiment (laughs) and or laboratory conditions there's a relatively strict protocol in which they can intervene and somewhere there was a like some sort of like i don't know lab protocol document it just looks very occulty to us but actually that's just how they get down it's like it's like getting acid in your eyes first go to the eye washing station splash water on your eyes you know shit like that i don't really see the connection but yeah okay (laughs) i feel like you just mentioned something (laughs) catch me off guard there. I mean, it's just like rainbows and, you know... It's just like rainbows. It's exactly like mushrooms. I'm just saying, because it looks... uh, uh, As in that the occult didn't exist before they turned up. Yeah. 
So everything hitherto, the word demon, the, yeah. like the black magic or, you know, the, the hoods and... The doctor does a little spiel with a DIA projector or yeah. whatever, where he's like, oh, as you can see, lots of deities in... Well, it was sort of quote-unquote evil deities mm. from various cultures have had horns. Mm. And um, this is no exception. They, it's just that they weren't gods or demons. They were aliens. Yeah. And coincidentally, these aliens. I, get, I mean, what does kind of fuck with me is that, yeah, that the summoning procedure seems overly stylized for some yeah. quote-unquote scientists. Especially when it's being conducted by a man who has no compunctions about being open and honest about his background, the master. The mm. master is like... Dude, I'm like totes malotes an alien genius, and I know what this is all about. I just need all of your power and influence. So I can rule over these primitives, he says. Exactly. So why is he pouring like smoky liquid into <laughs> chalices, and why are there invocations, and why, you know what I mean? Well, no, no, they said, they said, I think I'm okay with the invocations and that stuff, because it's probably just some, like I said, some alien protocol, right? Like, I don't know what the reasoning is, but let's say, let's just say for argument's sake, there is one. What I don't understand is that, Later, in like the fifth episode, when he starts like wanting to sacrifice Joe and whatever, yeah, why is that useful? Like, yeah, why it, would you want that? In no way is it useful. If you, even if you, if you were some, even if you were some relatively maniacal scientist with like you know, I hated that scene. By the way, you just wouldn't need it. I hated that. I. Oh. What was the worst thing about that scene? The worst thing about that scene is the fact that she is prepared to sacrifice herself. No, the worst thing about that scene was her virginal fucking dress. Like a weird... Oh, no, like, I found that deeply arousing. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> oh, of course you did. Uh, no, no, I, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't really fit into it. Cause she, I mean, she's a professional. A, she doesn't really know the Doctor that well. B, she's a professional in the employee of unit. She should have like a strategy beyond, uh, no, kill me, kill me, in brackets, I don't know if... The doctor might get killed anyway. I, I like this isn't going to help us out of the situation. No, no, the, the, it felt like it was too emotional, zero strategy. And then the the demon guy Azel was just like, "I'm confused by this." Yeah, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, we're jumping straight to the end here. I've got. A, can I ask you a question about the beginning? Come. About well, this is another fundamental one, and I think maybe something that I just missed. So was the daemon expecting to ever wake up again like w w was this in my notes i've written was this like a silurian thing where he went to sleep mm. uh, in the hopes of maybe at some point being resurrected well at some point he says because the master says well i summoned you you know and he said no the timing was right oh yeah, yeah exactly because it's yeah, almost yeah. verbatim all right um which again kind of is like so what are you doing buddy like i don't get your end i mean i sort of the most annoying thing for me was Master the Del, you know, Delgado's like particular impetus again. He's like, oh, well, I need to rule over these these specific apes, yeah, on this rock, yeah, because this is where there is a film crew. That's why. The, the BBC isn't shooting in distant galaxies. They're shooting right here. They're shooting in England, and that's what Delgado is counting on. That's why he comes here. <laughs> what a weird, that would be a really good fanfic, that actually Delgado was a real Time Lord. He was the master. He yeah. was the master, but he just really loved exposure. <laughs> He's El Gado. It's like, the um, Gado. It's like there's a film, wasn't there, about the filming of Nosferatu. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's a brilliant one, yeah, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Same shit, but we just do it with the master. <laughs> I'm up for it. <laughs> um, no, he was great, by the way. He was really... I mean... Creepy. He wasn't the master, though. Ooh, yeah, quite. But Creepy Vicar. Creepy Vicar is always creepy. 
Creepy vicar is always creepy. Yeah, I, I, I don't like that <laughs> that term, creepy vicar. I, I, I just think of other creepy vic- vicars in TV and And so you life. should, and life, right? Yeah. Creepy vicars are creepy. Yeah, but this is a different kind of creepy vicar. Yeah, but it's very much like the omen. Yeah, Not sure. that that vicar was creepy, but just like religious stuff is creepy. Uh, and it's like weird, you know, and as a like, counterweight to the occult. It's interesting because, I mean, he is... He, I don't know how he took on this role. I mean, did he kill the last vicar or what? Like, I, I don't he know. He sent on, he, so, I mean, the, you know, Theresa May's estranged sister yeah. comes to say, well, I need to speak to the vicar. And then, like, weird cleric, clergy other man, yeah. like, yo, he's, he was taken away ill. Well, I think we're going to say that he killed The master, yeah, he yeah. definitely. He but who's this other fuck? Poisoned him or something. Who's this other fuck? Yeah. Well, okay, so here's what I was going to say before. Who's so Friar Tuck? We don't really have a represent, uh, representative of, oh, go for it. Sorry, Friar Fuck. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. good. <laughs> Pitching. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, I think my head would have exploded if I didn't get that out. <laughs> you were turning purple there, I could see. So, it, we don't really have a representative of the church, ironically, even though we have the master as the, the would-be vicar, mm. or the fake vicar. We, we only have a representative of white magic, namely Miss May. What's her name again? Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Every name here is amazing, by the way. And then we have uh, Black Magic, namely the Master, yeah. and everyone else, including everyone who works in the church. Yeah. So there's there's no like neutral ground. The neutral ground is in fact the science, the logic that is brought to the play by the Doctor. Mm. Yeah. I so the the that particular setup, this this story, it does feel like it's it's calling it various things, it's various tropes here, but just like like villages being inherently like they look lovely from the outside but underneath the a couple of particular examples of this would be like yeah i think the omen is sort of a particular you know similar themes but more fuzz that's what i was going to say hot fuzz is doing the same shit and there's a bunch of other through various different you know like murder mystery things like just have a look at any episode i was going to say any episode of midsummer murders yeah inspector moore sort of you know oh well but everyone's lovely here it turns out this guy likes to keep head and shoulders under his sink yeah real head and shoulders yeah Uh, (laughs) That was, I didn't mean to even say that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that thing, Andy, is fucking brilliant. Isn't it really good? It, it works very, very well. It did feel a little bit like, oh, this is touching upon a different subject a little bit. But I mean, yes, it, it was incredibly well executed. And it was reminiscent of that trope in an entirely different genre of films. I'm thinking like Hammer Horror films. Mm. It felt almost like this was a Hammer Horror film. Then they just substituted the hero with the doctor. They substituted the the mad satanic priest with the master. And voila, you got it. Right? I love that. I love, I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, nor am I. I, 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 I mean, do you remember what I wrote to you when you said, oh, I'm about to watch The Demons? You said it was different. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember saying, fuck, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that too, but I like to block you out. Maybe I wrote both of those things. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it, 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 I was not enthused the first time around. Mm. And I actually, I mean, I have, I've only watched it the one time, but now I'm thinking it had its charm. See, I took a different approach this, to this serial than I have of any other reviews we've done hitherto. Okay. I watched basically an episode a day. Oh, interesting. So I've spaced out my, my viewing rather than hitting it all at once because actually there's some probable methodological problem with 
trying to cram in three and a half worth of, you know, when there's a seven episode arc and you do lose my attention, maybe not because the writing's specifically but bad. because it's meant to be uh, observed over a longer period of time. Exactly, right? Um, they've written to a format over a time scale. Yeah. And I think it benefited from my longer, you know, I would have, I possibly would have got bored if yeah. I tried to whack it all in one day. I think I watched this in two or three installments. I can't really remember now. But, I mean, as I said, I was not enthused the first time around and a testament to that is that my anti-penultimate note is God, imagine watching this for five weeks. <laughs> that is a good point. Maybe there's an osmotic point where like one a day is cool, but if I watched it one for every five weeks, by the end I'd be like, fuck this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm I mean, it'll plateau at some point. Serial. It'll plateau and then it'll be there for, let's say, that's between the three and the three and four weeks. It's just like, oh, this is great. Cliffhanger. Like, we're, we're, we're getting to that end any second now. Oh, it's not this one. Maybe it's next week. Oh, it's not this one. Maybe it's next week. And then week. by like the fourth one, you're like, I really hope the next one's a historical. Like, you know, something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just go into space. For goodness sake, just go into space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck me, go into space. <laughs> <laughs> Bumblefuck nowhere is no fun at all. Um, let's talk Theresa May. Um, okay. I mean, not Theresa May, but Theresa May's like, you know... Yeah, you said her strange sister. sister. The, the one that the Mays don't talk to anymore and don't really talk about, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ms. Hawthorne. The White Witch. Yeah. She was awesome. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bumbly, weird. Every village has one. Oh, certainly. Every, every English village has a Miss Hawthorne without question. <laughs> uh, I've bumped into more than a few. Um, definitely in Glastonbury where they have like a conspiratorial symposium. They don't call it that, clearly, but, like, that's what it is. People go and do keynote speeches on, like, random, and, and like, every shop is, or every other shop is, like, a quartz shop. Oh. Like, you can just buy gems and stones what? and, like, healing shit. Interesting. Um, it's just, like, a super hippie, you know, English town. Uh, and, yeah, I thought they nailed that. She was done up, and, and her weird sort of sexual tension with Benton. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it ends on them dancing the, a fertility dance. fertility dance. Can I just point out... It, we end on the fertility dance alongside the same people who were intent on burning the Doctor alive moments earlier. Yes. <laughs> now, and that is more troubling when you realise that they weren't, or were they under some sort of master spell? I don't, no, I don't buy that. They I, don't, just, I don't buy that because the master actually has to threaten them. He has to threaten them with violence to coerce them towards the Oh, end, yeah, that's right? true. So no, it, but not all of them, because he'd done some of the satanic stuff before he does the threat. Yeah. Right? So there's a proportion of, there's a secret society. Yeah. Of satanic people. I'm with you so And far. then there's normal villagers. Check. So the normal villagers are the ones he threatens. I Yeah, but the normal villagers are the ones who are intent on burning the Doctor alive. Mm, that might be right. I think they're just incredibly naive and they believe in black magic and they believe that the Doctor is, like, has to be sacrificed. For whatever reason, he has to be sacrificed. Yeah. So, and then they go and, like, have a little dance around the maple. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, they do. But yes, you're right. So, Hawthorne, uh, she wants Benton. Oh. And it's not, utterly, it's not utterly clear that Benton doesn't want Hawthorne. I mean, I think he. He. Uh, I mean, he Benton is in the army, right? And he probably doesn't get that much stimulation. But I think there's a point. There's a point earlier in like episode three or four, where she is heavily hitting on him. 
And you can see that look in his eyes where he's just like, oh, I mean, I want to dip my quill, but I'm not going to stick my dick into any kind of crazy. Like, this is <laughs> insane. <laughs> but by the Sorry, end that of was it, vulgar. But by the end of it, he's like, yeah, let's do it. Is he, though? Yeah, let's do it. Here's another slight tangent. Okay. More drinking in this cereal than any other cereal? Drinking alcohol? Yeah. Well, it does feature a pub. It features a pub where... Yeah. Uh, there's there's drinking, but then also Hawthorne and Benton have like a gin. Yeah, uh, uh, Benton and Bagels at one point head off. No, it's not, no, Benton. It's not Benton. It's it's Yates and Bagels yeah. head off for a pint. Yeah, that's a great way. To that's like, such a nice scene. Would you, I agree. Would you like a dance? Uh, like, no, I'd rather like a pint though. Yeah, and then the, the, pint, oh, the camaraderie. That's so great. I would, Yates is growing on me, by the way. I would drink so many beers with Nicholas Courtney. Oh, so would I. Oh, Nicholas Courtney in general, but also. Bagels specifically. Bagels specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to drink with him until his mustache falls off. The, oh, oh, wait, hang on. Uh, maybe I'll finesse this later on. One of our listeners actually gave us some trivia about this, about mm. the mustache. Do you remember we had mm. a con- sorry, This is a tangent from this episode, but we had a, com- a conversation in a previous review. Does he have a mustache or does he not have a mustache? Yeah, it's not a mustache. <gasps> it's a fake mustache. <gasps> Yeah, I know. What? I'd like to think that underneath that fake mustache, he he's has a, a real mustache. He's another mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mustaches all the way down. <laughs> yeah, that was a tangent. I like the idea that he could just grow one on command. Clenches. <laughs> 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 Plop. <laughs> just pops out of his face. The, uh, but yeah, so I was going to say, Yates is really growing on me. Mm. I don't know why I don't remember him from my childhood. Maybe he doesn't appear later on in Tom Baker, but he's really growing on me, particularly when he steals a motorbike and just like Steve McQueen's down yeah. the road. Just like, oh, what a man. I want to grow into the shape of that dude. Okay, let's talk action sequence. Okay. Let's talk. What, <laughs> what is that? Is, what's a microlight? Is that, that's not a microlight. You mean the mosquito, the yeah. uh, helicopter? Yeah. What the fuck is that about? It, wait, what about it? Oh, you mean that someone, they fight Benton and they steal the... They fight Benton, but then, the, no, the other part is that the one of the villagers, yeah. like, beats the shit out of Benton and takes it. Yeah, but he is under the influence of demonic powers, right? Fine. But the, do these demonic powers also imbue with you with the training it takes to fucking fly a microlight? You you are not going to believe this, <laughs> but... It's in your notes. <laughs> it's in my notes. I'm going to find it. I'm going to read it to you. Suck like a Here, bag. Here's what I've, ri- here's what I've written. Uh, this is from episode three. I've written, some fucking villager is stealing a chopper. <laughs> <laughs> what? This village has a helicopter pilot, but no helicopter? And then dot, dot, dot. Ah, possessed. Gotcha. Yeah, but that's not a fucking explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm possessed. I'm thinking. Now I know, like, how... Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, my assumption was, like, oh, well, if he can fly this thing, he is a helicopter pilot, right? Okay, fine. So maybe he was in the uh, in the military or something, but my assumption is the master is telepathically giving him technical instructions. Like, now, yeah, now, press that button. Wait till you hear a whirring sound. Here's why this can't be true. <laughs> it is because when he does eventually crash, right... <laughs> Uh, yeah. The master looks at the plume of smoke and is happy because he thinks that signals the doctor dying. He says that as much to the daemon later. And the daemon says, no, he's alive. Yeah. So he can't have been completely privy to what was going on in the chopper, otherwise he'd have known. Okay, yeah, that's a very good point. But maybe he only gives him an introductory telepathic (laughs) command. He's like, this is how you do it. Like, it's in the Matrix. It's like, you know, Trinity learned how to... I know Kung Fu. Exactly. Or in uh, Matrix, whatever the second one is, Matrix Reloaded. Uh, Boom, now you can run ride a motorbike in this case it's vroom, now you can fly a chopper and he just gives him the command i don't know like kamikaze that doctor chap like, yeah, all right great i mean that's the other thing like the kamikaze aspect yeah he was really bad at it yeah uh, he was and 
like, yeah, no other. I don't understand. I don't. Un- yeah, I don't understand why he doesn't just kamikaze him right away. It's as though, I mean, the doctor, I think, you tells no Joe, op- like, "Oh, he's trying to force us into the heat barrier." Why? Well, I mean, in that case, why don't you just turn around and go back into the village? Just press the brakes. Yeah. There's Stop. nothing about a helicopter that could make you go anywhere unless <laughs> it has, like, a gun or, like, does want to fly itself into you. Unless that helicopter is trying to fly into you. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's not. Yeah. So just press the brake. Just stop driving. <laughs> or, as I said, go back into the village. Because what options. is he going to do now? Oh, he's now going to just circle you? Fine. Problem Whack solved. It in a garage. Go into fine. the pub. Is he going to take the chopper into the pub? I don't think so. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But that's not the only action scene. We get a lot of action scenes. Well, there's a couple of like good beat-em-ups yeah specifically between benton, benton and people yeah um there's a huge firefight we get a bazooka oh bazooka yeah bazooka and re-coagulation of uh, fucking bock a uh, bock that's his name yeah, yeah. oh mm, bock <laughs> oh wait hang on and that scene what precedes the bazooka can i can i grab a soundbite mm. uh, this is a wonderful one this is bagels who says yes i see what you mean and mine we'll soon fix him jenkins yeah. Chap with the wings there. Five rounds rapid. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chap so good. Chap with the wings. <laughs> That's so good. I love Rather that. than fire everything you got at the living gargoyle monster <laughs> that shoots an invisible disintegration ray <laughs> out of its animated stone hands. <laughs> so badass. Like, Chap with the wings. Five rounds. Five rounds. <laughs> Not six. Stop at five. It's the best soundbite of this whole serial. I love it. What a man. <laughs> What a man. Uh, let's yeah. talk Damon's. Oh, okay. So there are three. Yeah. One, Wait, three? Yeah, there's like one invisible one. There's Azal and Bot. Isn't the invisible one Azal before he has regained strength and energy and whatever? I think that's what it is. Is that what that is? I okay, think so. Hold on. Size-wise, it doesn't tally, though, because when the Doc and Joe... Mm. Is it the Doc and Joe? No, it's uh, Benton and Yates. When they're in the chopper, they look down and they see humongous hoof prints. Yes, and no, but then they get to the hoof prints and they're much smaller. Oh, because <laughs> they, they go, we should go, and then they land, and then they're they're big still, but they're not like they're not. They look like five feet wide. They look they're... like the size of houses, yeah. well, cars anyway. Okay, fine. So they're they're not that big, but I think that's still Azal. I think we have Azal and we have Bok, and that's it. Okay, may, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but so so we've got those two. <laughs> How did you feel about Bok? Did you? Uh, can I just ask, so did you know that Bok was going to appear in it? No. Okay. Because I had seen a picture of him before, and I knew like the second there was a gargoyle, I was like, oh yeah, right. So that that's a dude. I mean, yeah. I think I think I sort of nominally might know that, but then I didn't know whether there'd be loads or whether this. But he had a specific personality and power yeah. and whatever, and he was just wait, so. Wait, wait, wait. What was his? What was his personality and power? So his, his personality was not being able to walk. Okay. Um, he just sort That's of flailed. <laughs> yeah. okay. um, he was much smaller than, you know, a giant stone gargoyle should be. Yep. <laughs> he was a child actor, clearly, or something. Um, yeah, possibly. I don't know. one piece and shooting things out of his hand. And with his, like, I don't know, just odd facial expressions. So the thing is, we brought him up on Who Back When Before. Have we? Yeah, when we talked about the uh, Weeping Angels. Because um, there are certain similarities, yeah, undoubtedly. Right. But, I mean, this is like proto-Weeping Angel? No. It, Does I, it, when he finds them and they disintegrate into do they are they sent back are they sent back in time is he a weeping angel he might be we don't know right (laughs) 
I mean, he's definitely wank, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, I was not a huge fan of him up until the end, basically, up until the firefight. Because at that point, I was like, you know what? If Benton and Bagels, if they, I mean, they command a certain authority, and if they are fearful of this utter buffoon, mm. then you know what? So am I. Fine. But also... And he was fun. For a BBC production company, don't put your actor in scuba flipper. It will only compromise... Yeah, as the Vord have taught me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one where he's running down the church path is hilarious. We yeah. need a gif of that or something. <laughs> Jeebus. Um, and Azel himself. As I hated him. Yeah. Hated Azel. Yeah. That was... He was terrible. The, the voice... I mean, appearance aside, because that already was heinous that was like a crime to science fiction mm. but his voice constantly screaming the the theatricality of the character the back like, the backstory doesn't tally with the present appearance and demeanor of azal he is an alien who came here in a spaceship we see the spaceship and everything and then he he looks like your run-of-the-mill you know devil goat man yeah so no it, i hated him i mean you you'd be cranky after getting up after, you know, fuckload of sleep. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe you just need yeah, a cup of coffee. Yeah, but you know what? He has now woken up thrice. In that's this episode true. or in the serial, he wakes up thrice. That's true. Get over it, Azal. Well, and yeah, so subsequently, he just didn't seem very articulate for someone that is like a hyper-intelligent being from space. Exactly. Right? And then subsequently, oh, well, other things that are cool, though. Uh, the weird bit where he appears and then grows. Like, I think that's in, like, episode five. Oh, it's towards the end, yeah. yeah. Like, the special effect. Love that. That was awesome. Yeah, that was that was. An, I'm not disparaging the effects in any way. I yeah, just the think effects are really you could good. have invested those effects in something better. Heat barrier effect was awesome. Loved it. So holy smokes! Good. Did you watch? There's a there's a TV show based on a novella, I think, by Stephen King called The Dome. Yes, it was wank. Don't yeah. don't watch it. But the same concept, and the concept is really good. I mean, it's super clever. Yeah. You have this energy barrier. In this case, it was fantastic that it was just heat. Yeah. Like, just heat. You see the charred ground where it is beautiful. Uh, a little weird that you could stand so close to it. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I loved it. And when they got the hole in it, particularly brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Really, really good. Uh, okay, here's a quick question. Azel versus Satan from Satan Pit. Oh, they have really similar stories. Yeah. I just realized I need to tag this differently in the Vindex now. Are yeah, they, they the did. same? Are no, they the same the race? Same. No, they're not the Why same. Why not? Because the Doctor even... I mean, in this case, the Doctor knows who they are. He's like, yeah, you guys are the engineers from Prometheus. I saw that film. And in, in <laughs> uh, Satan Pit, he's like, I don't know who this is because this thing predates anything, everything, time, everything. Yeah, you but know? there's so many similarities and they're both sort of versions of the devil. Yeah, certainly. I don't know. I think I'm going to tag this I reckon one there's some with good, Satan as well, Someone actually. can write some good fanfic in there somewhere. What, those two getting it on? No, just like that there's some sort of pr- linear progression between... Oh, I'm thinking slash fic, sorry. Satan, yeah, yeah. It's a different <laughs> thing. Satan, Pit Guy, and Azel, and then maybe another one that turns up later on. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly potential. I agree. There are similarities, but I think the similarity is there because when they were, I use the term loosely, crafting the Satan <laughs> bits, uh, they decided, well, let's be inspired by Classic Who. Inspired. Just like very possibly they were inspired by Bok for the Weeping Angels or for whatever. Inspired being Plunder. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, it's an homage slash. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think that's the reason. I think they basically just went back to the archives. They found a concept. They said, this is a good concept. Let's elaborate. And that's why we have that similarity. Okay. Because otherwise... Tenant would have gone, I've met this race before. Yeah, yeah. 
in Devil's End. Can we talk names, by the way? Hang on. I wrote a list. I made a list. We have... <laughs> God damn it. Uh, no, I still like it in this one. We have Devil's End, Devil's Hump. We have Miss Hawthorne, obviously. We have... Do you know what Professor Bumbletron the, uh, the fourth's real name is? No, go on. Horner. Lovely. Yeah. That's not at all in your face or out of it. Yeah, take it back. There weren't that many. But yeah, the names... Devil's End is a great name. It really is. It's and like, it, um, it screams uh, hammer horror. It doesn't it. Devil's End, bro. Uh, so th- there's there's one scene that really bothered me. Actually, there are, there are two successive scenes, both thematically very similar, that bothered me. So in episode two, possibly the, this is the cliffhanger of episode one, when uh, we get a scientific explanation for it as well, that ma- energy is released somehow, yada, 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 there's lots of cold and the doctor is frozen. And the cliffhanger is, oh, all right, cool, doc's dead. So we have that scene in which, I've just written the question, which heartless BBC git is filming Joe cry over Doc's seemingly lifeless body without helping? Because this is what then prompts the uh, the unit chaps to go there, right? On TV, we see Doc apparently dead. Now, fast forward to episode two. We are in the pub. Do you remember this scene? It features two doctors. The doctor is dead on the table, and the worst doctor in the history of the medical trade it's shows just... up, pronounces him dead, yep. then feels his pulse, and goes, oh, fetch a blanket. Fetch a blanket and some hot water bottles, which probably shouldn't do. Might send him into shock. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but also, maybe you should check for his pulse first. Why don't you do that before you pronounce a man dead? I mean, yes. Really good doctoring. He's just a vet. I love that there are old men drinking in the background during that whole scene, though. Did you like the pub? I loved the pub. I love a village pub. (laughs) I'm always fully aware that if you ever go into a village pub, some occult shit is happening in the basement. A hundred percent. Yeah. Either that or a fight club. Both. A cult fight club. (laughs) A cult fight club. (laughs) It's it's a fight club. It's just in a pentagram. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Going through my notes here. Okay, another question for you. I'll present my theory first. So, in episode four, when Joe wakes up, she escapes out the window, and it seems as though, I'm assuming anyway, some pervert who's been watching her sleep, or just like jacking it to her convalescing outside her window, it has kindly left a ladder behind for her. Why is there a ladder leading up to her window, right outside her window? Because earlier that day, they had the window washers round. Okay. And they're the most careless window washers in Devil's End, and they just left their equipment there. All right, checks out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't fucking know. I have no idea. I don't understand, Joe. No, nor do I. The Doctor is very ambivalent towards her in this serial as well. Mm. I've written down that on two occasions does he infer that she's an idiot, that uh, she can't grasp even the most basic logic. I think the first instance of that is that in the beginning with his autonomously driving car. And she's like, oh, what is that? That's magic, clearly. That's magic. And he's like, well, you're an idiot. You yeah. don't deserve to be my assistant. He did say, like, what's the point of me trying to train you in science? Yeah. yeah. And then towards the the middle, possibly, he's like, oh, well, we'll make a scientist out of you yet. And then she's prepared to sacrifice herself for him. And then towards the end, it's just like, let's all dance. So what is the arc here? Like, it, please explain to me how, how this character arc was crafted. I have zero idea. Zero idea. Like, she's, yeah, I guess she's the, she's almost the archetypal companion, right? Like, not too clever, but willing to do some grunt work and willing to do some emotional do the emotional stuff this being sacrificed to the being captive the you know yeah i suppose so that's her that's her function is she a susan is that basically what, what yeah. this is she's a little bit of a susan a like, of they're a susan. not related obviously no. but yeah bit of a susan Ooh. i kind of miss more Susie. of a susan than uh and less of a lizure 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, they couldn't hammer that fact home yeah, any further. That's true. Given how she was introduced to the to viewers. Hey, Doug, we've got a right dum-dum for you. Yeah. <laughs> but she can hold a beaker. <laughs> this beaker is roughly the size of your dick, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Jesus. I apologize. This is the rough size and shape of your <laughs> Explain to me and to Podcastland, did you at any point realize how the demon was going to be defeated? No. no. I mean, no, I don't think I did. Okay, so when the demon was defeated, how did you react? Like, you haven't really defeated anyone, have you? Wait, hang on, isn't he defeated? Isn't he defeated? I mean, like, he sort of defeats himself, doesn't he, sort of thing? Kind of, I mean, with his weird, with the weird uh, energy bullshit. I forget, I don't know. I don't really remember how... Does he die? Is he sent back into space? Holy smokes, I've forgotten as well. I think what happens is that he is completely flummoxed by Joe wanting to sacrifice herself. Yes. He just goes, this is illogical. You're showing not just emotions, but positive, benevolent intent. And therefore, I, as a demon in brackets, who's actually a scientist, cannot grasp this, and I am now undone. I think that's what happens. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, is he defeated, or does he defeat himself? Like, I, I think he's defeated. Well, I mean, unintentionally, Joe defeats him. That's what I'm saying, is that, and, and like, it, it erupts the church and all that sort of stuff, and Bok, etc. But like, do we ever yeah, get to go, oh, and now he'll never come back? No, that's true. We don't get that. But, I mean, towards the end, I was theorizing how this was going to end, and I was partly right but mostly I was wrong. <laughs> I wrote, oh no, if this ends up being resolved by them singing Kumbaya or laughing in unison or some nonsense, then I'm deducting at least a full point. Because I assumed he's evil, then I'm going to have to battle that with good if everyone just like suddenly hugs or you know, there's yeah. an expression of love, that's what's going to undo the beast. And it kind of was. Now, is Not really, L- but kind of. Here's the thing, though. What does Azel do that is expressly evil? Uh, he wants to kill all of mankind. But what does he do? Well, he does nothing. I mean, he threatens to murder lots of people, and then he goes, well, this was a failed experiment. What do you do with failed experiments? You clean out the test tube. So evil's a tricky one, isn't it? His thing is bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess he thinks he's just cleaning a Petri dish. Yeah. Is every scientist that does that evil? Well, I mean, if what's in the Petri dish comprises billions of sentient beings, yeah, well, uh, I would say that's kind of shitty. That's like, that well, senti- you well, just destroyed the, the planet. That's the trick, though, isn't it? Sentience is a... Is it I think at this point, it, the daemon is... He's complicit in our sentience, is he? he well... Well, A, yes, because if it weren't for his involvement, we would still, we would, I, also, what would the we would basically he, never have crawled out of the ooze, right? I forgot. What's the point of the experiment? There is no point. <laughs> so <laughs> how could we have failed? The, uh, oh, Wait, hang on. I'm I'm sure they explained this at some point. Do they though? You know what? I'm no longer sure. <laughs> I think is this like the like Douglas Adams and they you know the Earth is a computer, Just a computer to, like, yeah. to learn the question. Maybe for whatever reason he manipulated our development as a species, mm. presumably for nefarious purposes. Like, let's see how long it takes them to create Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> done. done. <laughs> That's the seventy. You ain't done it, by now. I've been sleeping. <laughs> Fuck. I want to watch House of Cards. That's the thing. I. I'm I'm not so sure that he expected to ever wake up. I reckon he showed up, 
everyone was living in a cave and he just goes this is gonna take forever I don't care goes to bed sleeps and assumes maybe at some point there'll be an earthquake or there'll be you know a bumbletron somehow he'll wake up but there is no real plan yeah he's a bullshit scientist he's more incompetent than he is evil well, yeah doesn't even wear trousers doesn't even wear trousers what kind of scientist is that have you ever tried to get a tailored goat trousers it's really hard I bet you there are some goat tailors <laughs> who could do him a, a spiffing pair right <laughs> on the planet of the daemons daemos by the way do they have a regular society are they just like oh hello yeah, yeah. It's just demons running around the place some demons work in offices <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, there's one demon having an affair with a different demon yeah that guy's an accountant <laughs> uh, this daemon sells ice cream <laughs> get your ice cream <laughs> extra evil <laughs> yeah anyway it's like an evil hackney where the people do like evil startups <laughs> Podcast and Google. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my days. Hipster demons with mustaches. (laughs) We could go on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think this has basically just gone full circle to, yeah, Azal is is just total pants. Shit, shit. Despite not wearing any. Also, so what is this theater like? He's like, I will deliberate. Actually, the master. You can have all of my powers. <laughs> I don't know how I'll transfer them. How does uh, he make that call? Because at one point he, he goes like, well, you know what? Actually, it I'm seems to the, the doctor. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't want them. Like, uh, okay, I'll give them to the guy. I literally just said I never want to give them to you. Yeah. I don't understand. Why does no one else in the room pump up and go, listen, uh, y- you may have recognized me from chant number two. Uh, <laughs> I'm really into this evil stuff. Yeah, maybe consider me. Yeah, like a, like some, like the voice or X Factor. <laughs> You'd have to turn around. Yeah, exactly. They'd all explain their evil doings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and still, but the real, real thing I have here is the master. Yeah. Yet again. Once again, exactly. Once again, uh, tries to take over the world using... An alien. An alien as a, some sort of patsy type Yeah, deal. a stepping stone. Yeah. Um, or, or some sort of like... Well, we'll we'll strike an accord. Uh, I will ultimately have all of the authority, and then mankind will kneel before me for whatever reason. And you'll get my eternal gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Aren't you happy now? Yeah, exactly. You're no longer asleep. This deal doesn't work out for the sixth time. Um, (laughs) And then he's going like, oh, no, what should we do about this, doctor? This is so reminiscent of me and my brother's relationship. Oh, really? He fucks stuff up in an attempt to do whatever he wants to do. And then okay. he rings me up and goes, Can so you what, help me? What are we going to do about this situation? Like, what fucking situation? <laughs> Your fucking situation. The one you just created. Yeah. <laughs> Despite there being countless precedents. Exactly. I see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking doctor. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if... I mean, how many more episodes do we have in the... I'm, I'm going to check that out. How many more episodes of Pertwee do we have? And how many more... Delgado. Exactly. Hang on. Let's let's have a look. In Classic Who, we are now on number 59. We have Pertwee until, up until and including 74. Are they all Delgado? Is Aren't they all Delgado? I don't know. Shit, I don't know. I'm not... Actually, now... So there's like done. 20 fucking episodes. Oh, we've got uh, 15. 15. 15. 15 more. Yeah. And I mean, he's done a fair few already. I don't know if we get him in every single one of them, but I mean, I, I bet you my left nut that he's going to show up again on this show and go, fuck, I screwed up again. <laughs> Help me, Doctor, help me. <laughs> but he gets captured at the end of this one. He does, yeah. Like, full captured. Do you think he'll escape? 
I don't know. They're going to put the full weight of their unit on him. <laughs> oh, speaking of, hang on. <laughs> Another note that was uh, a bit of a failure. Uh, towards In episode four, I wrote, Morris' fight with Benton ends with What's-Her-Face knocking him out with her handbag like a cartoon granny. It must have been her ginormous cast-iron dildo. <laughs> then, oh, crystal ball. Crystal ball. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, oh, my goodness. Hang on. There's one note here, which I forgot before, when we were talking about names. There's one incredibly important name in this one. Did you catch it? It's the name of the sergeant who is the, the sciency chap on the unit side. Mm. He is Sergeant Osgood. Shit, I missed that entirely. Sergeant he, was the, he was a slightly bumbly one that needed yeah. to make the thing that he wouldn't do it properly. Yeah, exactly. Shit. So, I mean, that's he's clearly a relative of New Who Osgood, right? Is he? Must be. Clear? Is it not? I mean, yeah, less. We, we have another steward running units in New Who. Mm-hmm. We also have an Osgood working at units. Could be her dad. Yeah. Right? Or granddad. Or, yeah, maybe. Probably. Great uncle. Who knows? Okay. But yeah, right? I'll buy that. That's Osgood. Cool. Regardless, it's the same name. That is pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's made my day. I'm done. <laughs> 5.0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, um, we should really quick mention to the scene where the Doctor is accosted by Morris Dancers. Yes. Yeah, let's uh, talk us through it. Now, Morris Dancers are weird, folksy English dance, but there's some version of it in pretty much all of Western Europe. Okay, sure. Right? I was just in Stockholm. They had basically Morris Dancers. Small girl on Right? Yeah, exactly. Isn't I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. People with bells doing fertility dances and shit because it's spring. Sure. Yeah. Actually, that's not smoking around, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. But the doctor, the thing that really bothered me about that scene is the doctor was like, okay, excuse me. Okay, very nice. Excuse me. It's like, why are you walking through the middle? Yeah. Of the fucking, <laughs> go around the outside. Like, they haven't clued. They're like, oh, well, God, excuse me. Oh, God, they're very nice. And then they start tying him up and shit. And yeah. It's like, walk round, mate. Do you know what? I promise you, Morris dancers, I'm sure, are perfectly fine. But if you walk through the middle of their shit. Yeah, they're not going to be pleased. Yeah. They, they may not necessarily stuff. trying to murder you. No, but they might hit you. Yeah. As they do. And the audience does nothing. I mean, okay, so my instant reaction at the time was the, the whole scene in which the doctor is to be burned defies belief because that's what they're there for. Mm. They're there to burn him alive as a witch, I guess. But he is too cool. The audience must be, like, they must be in on it. Was the whole party just in order to burn him? Why doesn't he move his car sooner, for example? Yeah. Oh my god. Press the, the way, pedal, right? The way, pedal to the metal. The way the car ran over the like head burning man. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh. Is the head burning man is is he the guy who's dressed as like a newspaper chicken? Yeah, what is that? I've never seen that. I have seen that. Where? Here in Oxford. Oh shit. And I was gonna ask you, is that a Morris dancer thing or is that some I other foxy thing? I try to keep away because there is a decent correlation between <laughs> the people that enjoy Morris dancing <laughs> and super racist people. Like is a real strong correlation. I just stay away. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair point. But also, when you're watching him, like, you're watching him confess to everyone that he is not a wizard while he's still tied up. Uh, and Yeah. Yeah, right. It, and you're getting both of these viewpoints. You're getting his, like, 
Uh, don't burn me. There is no such thing as magic. You're just offending their religion at this point, by the mm. way, Doctor. And then you get the other guy who's like, but this is my belief. This is my faith. And I'm just following orders. It's sort of the Nuremberg defense. Like, I, I've, I was told to burn you alive, so I'm going to burn you alive. But at the same time, there's religious conviction behind it. At the same time, it is rather difficult to remain impartial when the buffoon Doc is talking to is cosplaying as a news- <laughs> newspaper recycling bin. You know, There's a line here where it, I've only written a paraphrase because I didn't, I didn't want to pause and rewind. I was watching this on my phone. But I'm paraphrasing. This is a doctor telling newspaper man, um, there's no more magic at work here than the secret science of the demons. How do you think that's going to go down with newspaper man? <laughs> oh, quick quag quay. You such a joker. <laughs> Fuck type of name was that? Uh, Quique Quad, right? Quique Quad, I don't know. Yeah, the articles in Latin. Bing bong, future punk in here with a minor correction. Actually, they're relative pronouns, not articles. Bing bong. Also, slightly, I mean, that whole thing, what's her face again? Hawthorne. Hawthorne, thank you. Sorry. Hawthorne shows up with the... <gasps> Theresa Bay. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> she shows up with the flimsiest of plans. Yeah. And Benton, who has a gun, <laughs> he so could easily you know what just I sh- shoot new- newspaper guy, Do right? you know what I should do? I'm going to hit that weather vane. Yeah. <laughs> like, shoot a guy in the head. That'd be great. Yeah. Problem or, solved. Or, was it or a, fire the gun into the air and they'll forget, scatter. Was it an actual gun, though, or was it a air pistol or something? Oh, maybe it was an air no, pistol. Was it like an air rifle? Fuck it, then shoot him in the eyeball. Like, just do something. Don't don't have this elaborate childish ruse, which you know was not Benton's idea. It was Cast Iron Dildo's idea, Hawthorne, 100%. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it wasn't so bad. I quite liked it. I didn't like it at all. But okay. Speaking of Benton, love his red trousers. Yep. Benton <laughs> was sharp dressed in this episode. He was. Cereal. How did you feel about seeing Benton and Yates in civilian clothing? Fine, I think. Didn't really like, because I guess, like, soldiers running around the village would have caused a panic yeah. or just raised an eyebrow you know, more attention than they need maybe mm. do you think that maybe they should have brought a medic with them just in case they did just see the doctor dead possibly dead on TV maybe mm, yeah maybe they didn't have one does the unit have a medic they must do right why they're, they're a branch of the military they're, surely there are medically trained people there I don't know maybe you need like its own you need to request one. They have Osgood, who's a mechanic yeah. slash scientist. You think there's someone there with like a first aid kit and, you know, he, he knows how to check your pulse. Because don't ask the doctor in this village. He doesn't know. Doc Hollywood. <laughs> uh, no idea. Okay. Have we talked about bagels? We haven't really talked about bagels. No, we haven't. He's, ooh, he doesn't do loads. No. Um, but he's still commanding whenever he is turns up and yeah. he's great and he clearly has the best fucking line in the whole serial. Yes. Trap for the wings there. Five so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, bagels still great. I love the introduction of bagels, where he takes a call in bed, and he's a, in a bad mood, and I just, I'm just i waiting for them to pan to the side to reveal three women mm. and two men, both of which have matching mustaches. <laughs> I, just, oh, I, I, I imagine he has the most spectacular life outside of work. Yeah, I, I would have loved that. Or just, <laughs> or just like dolls. Just, just like dolls? Half the room are just dolls. <laughs> and every doll has like a mustache. colonial dolls, yeah. Oh, oh. Interesting. (laughs) 
Okay. Venusian lullaby? Mm. Sorry, I'm just spitballing some uh, bullet points here. Well, it did nothing for me. Venusian everything, innit? Just yeah. Just Venusian in front of it. But Venusian lullaby in particular is a little bit pants, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit pants. Okay. Checking my notes. Love Benton's red trousers. Um, yada, yada, yada. Gargoyle is amazing, I've written for some reason. I think I may have been ironic <laughs> when I so said that. <laughs> Gargoyle's amazing. I want to hang out with him. <laughs> I just want to be his friend. Like, wouldn't you like to have a drink with the gargoyle? Yeah. <laughs> we'll write poetry together. <laughs> hey, Bok, I've got this new two-man play. We should go bowling. <laughs> I love bowling. <laughs> Bok is just there on the lanes. <laughs> There's a dame in hand. I don't you know how you're going to cut this into the fucking episode. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> Bloops. Um, okay, random notes. Uh, there's a big old chap with the shortest tie ever. He's like Bizarro Trump. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I miss that guy. It's an example. It's a scene of where the master just sort of renfields him with some magic. Mm. And it's different to... Well, actually, maybe it's not different. Maybe it's exactly what we've seen before in terms of the hypnosis. You know the master hypnosis? Yeah. It's just so like raises his eyes. Boom, boom, boom. No, he usually does it with his eyes, but maybe he just was feeling flamboyant today. <laughs> so why doesn't he? Okay, okay yeah, that's the, that's possible. Maybe they like themed his hypnosis to its surroundings, yeah, or according to its surroundings. But why doesn't he then do that with everyone? Why doesn't he do it with everyone that he ever meets? And that's fine. Yeah. Then, then master would have the control he so sorely craves. Yeah. Yeah. I don't fucking know. To do a, a casting reference out of who and back into who he is just like or has the potential to be just like Tennant's character in uh, season one of uh, what's it called Marvel's Jessica Jones mm. you know a guy who can literally convince anyone of anything the master has proven that he can do this you don't need a demon don't even include a demon and if you do, give him trousers. Like, it makes... Oh, no. Fuck it. All right. Anyway, so we got that. Some magic jiggery-pokery. Uh, shall we have some sound bites? Let's. Let's do that. Random sound bites. Part 1, 6.45. But now the question is, can Professor Horner pull out his plum? <laughs> Get on with it, man. <laughs> <laughs> some really, really good banter in this one as well. Mm. In, in part 1. Uh, sound bites. Suppose something does happen. Like personal appearance of you-know-who. Well, use your initiative, lad. Get your chatty friend over there to interview him. It's the it's Bumbletron yeah, and yeah. whatever. Very important sound bites uh, from episode four. Reverse it. Reverse what? Reverse the polarity. The reverse the polarity. When in doubt, reverse it. <laughs> you don't need normal polarity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same episode five oh seven. This is a sound bite. Also, will be very interesting going forward. Because we've already had one episode with Atlantis. We will have at least one more episode with Atlantis. And here the soundbite is... There is danger! My race destroys its failures! Remember Atlantis! Yes, but surely I... Hmm, yes. I believe JD at one point told us that we get, in Classic Who, we get like three or four different cataclysms explained to be the reason of Atlantis uh, sinking. Hmm. Now Is it this turns out it's one? this guy. Is it? Hang on, because we, we've been to Atlantis before, but it's already sunk at that point. Mm. I can't remember what the reason was for it sinking. But, um, I mean, yeah, we've had Atlantis before. I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be a great piece of work for someone to, like stitch them all together yeah not, not us, me clearly yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm not <laughs> doing not it <laughs> 
Have you got anything else that you want to add? I got nothing. Let's hit the reviews. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Go for it. Okay, so I think after I've all settled and I've talked through all the you know obvious obvious issues with the cereal, I really like this. I think this is classically, you know, creepy. I really have always enjoyed the, like, small town freaky thing happening. Kind of like Buffy Mm. with um, Sunny... Dale. Sunnydale. Sunnydale. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Like, you know, there's a veneer to a place, but underneath it's kind of crazy and, and freaky. I like it when the occult is sort of explained by some version of science, quote unquote, um, as in like, you know, there are things that our, our ancestors couldn't explain, now we can explain, whatever. Um, Delgado was great as a creepy priest, great as yep. a coercive, like horrible whatever enough unit in me uh, in there benson was great interplay with hawthorne was good uh if anything the doctor was slightly lacking in this person oh interesting yeah i think but all these other elements i really like i'm going up with a really strong 3.4 wow boom that's uh, way higher than than what i'm giving it right Timmy. interesting okay I, I i agree with everything you're saying M- maybe not necessarily the doctor being the minus points i, I don't think think I that. Don't necessarily a minus point but he wasn't in, in previous serials where he's been like a he's the agent yeah he's the he's the like the a side of sure. the thing okay i'm less inclined to say that about this Okay, yeah, fair enough. So, all right, despite not really feeling that this was Doctor Who, I mean, Doctor Who to me is not the occult, it's not magic and so on. I'm very happy for there to be just an exception to the rule. And I think this was a very good exception to the rule. The Master is amazing. I I like the Doctor. I loved the ambience of the village and that sort of... I'm I'm struggling to remember the name of this 1970s Hammer Horror film, but there's one in particular that features... um, Oh, I'm thinking of um, The Bees, The Bees, oh no, not The Bees. What's it called? The original, though. Uh, The Wicker Man. Yes. Bing bong. The Wicker Man isn't technically a Hammer Horror film, though it did star Christopher Lee, who, of course, was uh, rather famous for appearing in the Hammer Horror films. Okay, dokie, back to the show, Bing bong. It, it's got that level of, you know, creepy village or isolated place, anyway. I loved it, and I absolutely love Unit. I mean, there's a reason this is the the serial where I go, you know what? Yeah, I like Yates. Because I think his interplay with Benton, his interplay with Bagels, mm. spiffing. Where it falters a little bit for me is the alien, the alien of yeah, the week. yeah. I didn't particularly like the Igor of the Week either in Bok, if you can call him the Igor of the Week. The plot just doesn't tally, therefore I'm taking it down. I'm also taking it down because it isn't quite Doctor Who for me. I'm taking it down because you could probably cut a whole episode's worth of nonsense out of this and just tighten it up a little bit. Or maybe you keep an extra episode, but you fill it with other stuff. What happened to Bumbletron, for example? Like, what happened to those theories? Is no one else getting involved? What's happening to the dome? What's happening to the, everything? Wait, are they still dancing today? What the shit, man? I want to know more about this stuff. Stick a number on it, Leon. I'm giving this a 2.5. Ooh. It's significantly lower than you. And to put this into context... The last two that we've reviewed are Colony in Space and Claws of Axos. And I gave Colony in Space 2.3. I think this is better. This is more entertaining than Colony in Space. Even though Colony in Space was a I mean, a good episode, a good serial. And before that, Claws of Axos 1.2. This is significantly better than Claws of Axos. Clearly. Uh, yeah, 2.5. Boom. Done. Right down the middle. Listen, 
And we have a number of listener minis. The first one comes from... From Paul Forber. Hello, Paul. How you doing, Paul? Paul has, as per usual, sent us the maxiest of maxi reviews, and as a consequence, we are truncating and reading but an excerpt from yeah. it. Uh, but you can go to whobackwhen.com. You will read it there in its full splendor. I have no doubt that you will, as you have done in the past. Paul, thank you very much for sending this in. Paul says, Doctor Who began telling stories about mad scientists and alien invasions when the Doctor was exalted 20th century Earth. This serial featured both and did more. Azal was the last member of the dangerous alien race that destroyed Atlantis. The Master acted as a black magician, serving as a mad scientist since the Doctor insisted the magical trappings of sorcery were remnants of forgotten science. His assertion enabled the story to flirt with the supernatural, another direction unit tales of par- paramilitary investigation might have gone. Producer Barry Letts, though, never allowed Doctor Who to become a precursor to the X-Files. His script for the serial bent over backwards to avoid preternatural explanations for anything, having the Doctor constantly insist black magic channeled human emotions into psychic energy. The remote control for his car Bessie was a powerful metaphor used to illustrate that point. And Paul concludes, I salute this enjoyable fan favourite with five rounds rapid-fired metaphorically into cyberspace. Good show. Shall we interpret that to mean... 5.0. 5.0. Yes. Let's do that. See, Paul, this is what happens when you don't clearly include a rating. <laughs> uh, Paul, thank you so much for sending that in. That is, uh, I mean, the whole thing in its entirety is splendido. This excerpt is enough to prove that. Go to whobackwhen.com, read it in its entirety, and high five Paul online. He is at Wordsmith Paul. And next we've got Peter Zunich. Zunich! How do you appear? Hello, Peter, who has sent in not just a maxi review, because he did, but also a mini review. Which I can't tell you how helpful that is, Peter. It's, I mean, it, it is really helpful. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Okay, Peter. We're reading the mini. You can read the maxi online. Peter writes, This one has problems. It's ripe with continuity issues, dropped plots, leaps of faith, unexplained shots of people closing their windows to a fun festival, <laughs> and characters having premonition nightmares simply because they hit their head on a rock. I shouldn't like it, but I really like this story. Ooh. There's a note pointed out in the behind-the-scenes documentary Return to Devil's End that sums it up best. The location, the use of the villagers, the way it was shot, the natural interaction of the actors, it all adds up to create such a genuine genuine and realistic feel. You're not watching a story on the television, you're witnessing it as you yourself are wandering through the town. Benton and Yates are so in tune here, as are the Master and the Doctor. There's that Sylvester McCoy feeling that the Doctor knows more than he's telling anyone. The Brigadier plays to each scene with enthusiasm, despite being somewhat sidelined. Azal and Bok are portrayed with such enthusiasm from the drool coming out of the beast as the beast spits his commands to the stuttered hopping and bouncing of the statues come to life. It's borderline pantomime, and yet the acting pulls it back to something so immersive that you forget that these characters aren't real. And Peter concludes, So I enjoy it for all its imperfections. I didn't watch it, I experienced it. I was involved and it was fun. In the end, the story gets a, you can't shoot it, it's made of stone, 4.3. Hot damn, Peter is right. Or he's right to be so enthusiastic. You are wrong. Thank you, Peter, for filling my heart with regret. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent mini. Next up, uh, who is this? It's Tracy Tracy from from America. America. Hello, Tracy. Hey. 
Tracy writes, Today we are reviewing the Shakespeare Code, in which Doc explains that the supernatural is just a different form of science that utilizes the power of words and symbolism instead of numbers. Um, I meant to say, today we are reviewing the Shakespeare Code, in which in- incarnations are used to bring... Incantations. Incantations are bring, used to bring forth evil creatures from the dawn of time who will we- yeah, who will wreak destruction on mankind. Wait, today we are reviewing the demons. Yep. I like this one, says Tracy, but the last few episodes have been getting awfully cartoonish. The characters are becoming caricature and losing depth. Doc is just a snarky know-it-all, getting a pass from fans by coasting off accumulated past awesomeness. The Master is a completely unexplained villain bent on such hasty world domination that his ill-thought-out plans keep failing, after which you would think he'd consider enrolling in an <laughs> evil night school or something. <laughs> Bagels and company are just there to crack jokes, and I can't freaking figure out Joe. Is she really in a mental place that she's willing to sacrifice herself for the Doctor? I don't feel like we've seen their friendship develop to that point. Good point, yeah. I mean, there's Doc berating Joe for not being familiar with the implications of E equals MC squared or knowing Latin, though I notice he doesn't say a word when she easily remembers how far away Deimos is, and now she's going to die for him? Maybe I'm expecting too much from old who. Rating. Cue the evil Morris dancers. That's that's like four, right? No, I think that's I think that's, that's less. Yeah, that's less than four. I think it might be less than three point four as well. I'm not hundred percent sure. Let's go for two point nine. That's neatly diplomatic. <laughs> Well done. Yeah, 2.9. Nice one. Excellent. Tracy, that was an awesome mini review. Thank you for sending that in. Ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, you know how to high five Tracy online. She is at Yekatnyatnuf. That's Fountain Tracy. Backwards. Next up. Ooh, new. New dude. New dude. Matthew Dennison. Matthew Dennison. Hello, Matthew. Welcome aboard. How you doing, Matt? Matt writes, long time listener. Love the show. Thanks very much. Thank you. First time listener mini writer. So apologies if this is too late, stroke the wrong email, etc. Nope, you got it spot on. Yeah. Thank yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for not replying. And what a great episode <laughs> to pop my who back when cherry with. I love the Damons, probably the best of the trapped on earth era. Oh my God, what is wrong with me? You're a bad Why did I give this 2.3? <laughs> 2.5, sorry. <laughs> Matthew continues, The Master again has a brilliantly convoluted plan involving an easily rumbled assumed identity. Is this the start of the, of course, insert something here, is Latin or Greek or Old Norse for master trope? And again, bites off more than he can chew when cozying up to an alien race. Yep. The unit team is great as always, with the Brigadier hitting the sweet spot between the cool, competent soldier of early Pertwee and the bumbling comic relief he would later become. The guest cast are also excellent particularly Miss Hawthorne and Sergeant Osgood, yep. who as units backup scientists will presumably have to fight monthly alien invasions <laughs> once the Doctor can use his TARDIS again. As for the baddies, Azal and Bok are both truly scary, seemingly indestructible, and right till the end it isn't clear how they can be defeated. That's the only thing I might slightly disagree with. Okay, hang on. Uh, <laughs> Matthew goes on, a few minor complaints. While not the worst companion of all time, Joe doesn't bring much to the story, and I can't help but think how much better this would be with a sceptical Liz Shaw in it. And a personal bugbear of mine, why does a trained soldier like Benton not wipe the floor with a church caretaker, magic tiles or not? Still, nothing can stop me enjoying this immensely. 4.7 out of 5. Oh... Matthew, thank you very much for sending that in. <laughs> you know what? Okay, can I just say something in my defense? Nope. Yes, I can. You had an hour to say it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I also enjoyed this immensely. I mean, I'm, I'm in the minority. I'm clearly wrong about this. <laughs> and I'm also in denial. Uh, Matthew, thank you so much for sending this in. Awesome. 
Welcome aboard. Keep them coming. Yeah. We want to read more. Keen insight. Yeah. Next now, up. Oh, we've got an oldie. Oh. Oh, Mr. Kyle Rath in the house. Kyle Rath. Sinister super spy. Kyle, a uh, uh, long time no see. Yeah. I trust all is well and rocking. Just to add some context in case you're new to Who Back When, Kyle submitted, he was among the first to mm. submit uh, listener minis when we first started doing them on the show. And uh, yeah, uh, we missed you, buddy. Glad to have you back. Kyle has sent in an incredible maxi, as I seem to recall he was wont to do in the past. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do here is we are going to truncate it. He's included a list of 11 points. We're going to read them out ping pong style as we are. Uh, we tend to do and uh, you can find the whole thing in its full splendor on whoback1.com we will also add a little bonus this is courtesy of the sinister super spy himself he has sent in an audio file a recording of himself reading out this uh, this maxi review and we're going to pop that at the end of this episode so look forward to that we'll just add this is just a special special uh, circumstance for the, the return of Carl Rath yeah. clearly if everyone sends in an audio file there'll be no need for us yeah <laughs> <laughs> Just exactly. have an hour or two hours worth of everyone <laughs> of else. audio files. Yeah, exactly. Um, but do listen to it at the end of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Let's so, start. In the true spirit of my return, I'm going to list in, uh, in point form the things that stuck out for me in this episode. Number one, what the hell happened at Sutton Who? Or is it Satan Hall, like on the road zone? <laughs> Number two, Yates and Benton featuring G-Unit is an album I, I would buy. <laughs> G-Unit G Unit oh is the god. copter call sign. Oh my god, I saw that and I thought, oh. no one else is going to like <laughs> hip-hop like me and get that joke. So I took it out of my notes. Uh, oh, was it in your notes? Yeah, it was in oh, notes. it was in your notes, yes, was it? Bad. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Number three, per Twee's go-to uh, go reaction, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Look, when you lose mass, the energy has to go somewhere. Science, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Ooh, topical. Chris Marshall is the grocer, 13th and 3rd Doctor story inbound. So Chris Marshall being the possible 13th. Yeah. I presume the green grocer looked like Kyle. Oh, Kyle, I see. Chris Marshall. <laughs> Number six. Random Randy can't, can fly a helicopter. Yep, yep. <laughs> that bugs everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Conveniently, place ladder is convenient. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a brilliant line. Conveniently placed ladder is convenient. Oh, okay. Number eight. Motherfucking Sergeant Tom Osgood. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who and the Morris Dancers. Not as interesting as you might think. <laughs> Number 11. Chekhov's Edwardian Roadster. Love that. <laughs> Dem blue screen effects, though. <laughs> exactly. That was my favorite bit. Oh, that is awesome. And Kyle Rath has given this a 9 out of 10, which we translate into a 4.5 out of 5. And he says it's a standout during Pertwee's time, and it still shines when stacked against the whole list. Mic drop. Yeah. Uh well, I'm, yeah. What can you do with that? Brilliant. Thank you very much, Kyle. Uh, ladies and gentlemen who want to high-five Kyle online, you can. He is at Sinister Super Spy. That's super without any vowels. Cool. Uh, dude, this was fun. It's great. Even though I gave it totally the wrong ratings. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> There's no wrong ratings, just <laughs> wrong people. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so mean. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, your Twitter feed, par exemple? 
Uh, so I'm at Nicolaley for the most part. It's pretty political. <laughs> <laughs> In these times, how can it not be? How can it not be? I am at Ponkin. High five me online. I'll high five you right back, but don't expect me to tweet much at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will say uh, I have just started a new summer project. I am building a TARDIS in my back garden, and I will probably be tweeting a lot about that. So that'll be good. Yeah, check that out. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us in the next one. The next re- review is going to be of New Who episode The End of Time, part one. The next classic is going to be Day of the Daleks. Oh my goodness. Oh, the return of... Which four do you think is going to be in that one? The Master. Zygon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Delgado. <laughs> Thank you again. Catch us in the next one. Rock on and cha-chao. Bye. Bing bong, Future Punkin here. And here we go. Here is the audio maxi review submitted by Kyle Rath. Kyle, again, super happy to have you back. Enjoy. Bing bong. Hey guys, Sinister Super Spy here with my review of Season 8, Episode 5, The Demons. Directed by Christopher Berry, written by Guy Leopold, otherwise known as Barry Letts and Robert Sloman. 100,000 years ago, Izal, the last of the hairy-legged demons, came to Earth to help Homo sapiens kick out Neanderthal man. Instead, he got himself stuck in a hill somewhere in England until about the 1970s, or 80s depending upon the dating protocol. A local witch harps on about the archaeological dig at Devil's Hump, which threatens to awaken the ancient evil, while at the same time, that wayward rapscallion the Master, having engendered himself to the local townsfolk of Devil's End as their new vicar, attempts to unleash Azal in order to secure dominance over humanity. The entire charade is captured live on tape by BBC3's Action Magazine program host Alistair Fergus, possibly played by time-traveling Mark Gatiss, who's showcasing the spring collection by Dwight Trude Fashions. Stepping back into the comfy chair of Who Back When Reviews, I quickly rewatched this episode, remembering it instantly from times past. I've always really enjoyed Pertwee's Doctor, and this episode is a shining example of his tenure. The episode begins on a dark and stormy night, and we are treated to a very pragmatic third Doctor as he makes fun of Joe and her more mystical leadings, while showing off Bessie, the tin dog in this period. Despite the high school drama club set pieces and acting by Roger Delgado, who, let's be honest, I can easily watch always, all the time, as the master. The story is actually quite tight, let's say, by modern standards. Except for, of course, how Azal got stuck in the hill, or where he went after he exploded. In the true spirit of my return, I'm going to list in point form the things that stuck out for me in this episode. Number one. What the hell happened at Sutton Who? Or is it Satan Hall, like on the road sign? Number two. Yates and Benton featuring G-Unit is an album I would buy. G-Unit is the name of the copter call sign. Number three. Pertwee's go-to reaction in almost every scene is, Are you fucking kidding me? Number four. Quote. Look, when you lose mass, the energy has to go somewhere. Unquote. Science, bitch. Number five. That grocer looks suspiciously like the 13th Doctor. Number six. Random Randy can fly a helicopter. Number seven. Conveniently placed ladder is convenient. Number eight. Motherfucking Sergeant Tom Osgood. Number nine. Doctor Who and the Morris Dancers. Not as interesting as you might think it is. Number ten. Chekhov's Edwardian Roadster. Number eleven. Damn blue screen effects, though. Okay, so there's a couple of things I'd like to touch on briefly. First of all, in my opinion, having just recently revisited the relationship between the Doctor and the Master, it's interesting to go back and see its early incarnations, and I'm struck by the consistency of the Master's plight. He is a person 
who seems to abhor the decadent. This gives insight to his early life as a miscreant and troublemaker on Gallifrey, pushing back against the Time Lords. In almost every iteration, he or she seeks to show just how capable their leadership skills are, yet their impetuous nature and fear of acceptance and the fear of lack of adoration undercuts them every time. They also tend to get in over their head, every single time. And that being said, the Doctor is always there and has always accepted them for who they are, even going so far as to offer a hand in friendship at their lowest point. I'd also like to state that the obvious and blunt preference of science over belief is telling of the time. We are accustomed, nowadays, to be obliging of ourselves for the most part. When this show was made, the script allowed for no court to the notion of superstition or ritual. Science ruled, and critical thinking of a rational mind was the only solution amid the chaos of a zombified unity. I really enjoyed this episode. Sure, it was clunky in parts, but each of the characters were vital to the story. The Master's intentions were true to his path, manipulating and controlling people to his own ends and casting them aside when he needed to. The Doctor, even going so far as to admonish Joe for her disparaging comments towards the Brigadier despite his own bristly relationship, was in top form. The unwavering male support from Captain Mike Yates and Sergeant John Benton is profoundly missing in Modern Who. The Brigadier? No words need to be said. I really miss this crew. They played so well off each other. This one gets a 9 out of 10 for me. It's a standout during Pertwee's time, and it still shines when stacked against the whole list. Hello, gang. It's nice to be back. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to, and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when, all in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your ear balls in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or <laughs> still funny audio Who review. Cha ciao. Who back when?